You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it is time for an all-new episode of Let's Talk About... Um, if this is your first time listening to Let's Talk About, which I kind of wonder that may be the case here, welcome. Make yourself at home. Get comfortable. Uh, Let's Talk About is a chat show where I am joined by a guest to talk about their life, their loves, and a movie that has had a huge impact on them. Uh, that's what the show usually is. Sometimes there are special occasions where we kind of forego the movie that has had an impact on them and just talk about the guest because the guest is, uh, for lack of a word, oh. <laughs> and this week, the guest is the awest of awes. Uh, I am joined this week by a horror icon, uh, just a, a, a legend. Uh, Mr. Joe Bob Briggs. Joe Bob is the host of The Last Drive-In on Shudder. He is just, he is one of those, like, names that when you think of horror and, and think of, like, horror criticism and appreciation, he is the guy. Uh, and he will actually be here in Sioux Falls this upcoming Saturday, uh, November 12th at 8 p.m., at the Sioux Falls State Theater, and I was able to get a little bit of his time uh, to talk about his life, to talk about coming to Sioux Falls, and I gotta tell you, like, if you are a fan of Joe Bob, um, and you've never had the chance to have a conversation with him, goodness gracious, this is just the nicest man alive. Like, <laughs> he, is, he is just, uh, it, this was so wonderful. I, I, I am still... Uh, still high in the clouds uh, because of this interview. So I'm, I'm not going to uh, talk a whole lot. Let's just get right into it. Um, if there is one thing I will say before we get started here, though, um, the audio quality, I had to record a little bit differently than usual. Uh, so the audio quality might be a little choppy. Please stick with it. Um, you, you'll probably have to adjust your volume a bit here and there. Uh, but I got to tell you, like this, this really is just one of the, 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 the best conversations. Like just, he's, he's Joe Bob. He's wonderful. And, uh, if you're a fan, uh, this conversation for me really just solidified why I, I like this guy so much. So, uh, just a heads up on the audio of, of this episode. So now, uh, go ahead and grab your popcorn, grab your soft drink, kick back, relax, and let's. Talk about Joe Bob Briggs. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. I am thrilled beyond belief. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect to be announcing our guest today. Uh, and, and, and here we are. Uh, today's guest, the former host of the awesome Monster Vision on TNT, the current host of The Last Drive-In on Shudder. He is a, an icon, a legend, and he will be here in Sioux Falls on November 12th, Mr. Joe Bob Briggs. Joe Bob, how are you? 
I am great. I'm happy to be coming to Sioux Falls. It'll be my first visit ever. Oh, it, I want to meet the inventor of the 29% credit card. <laughs> I feel like we could just show you right where Premier Bank Card is and just be like, that's that's the guy, Joe Up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know that, I know that if you get a uh, robocall from uh, Sioux Falls, it's not a good thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like, that's what South Dakota is known for now more so than Mount Rushmore. <laughs> well, the two kind of go together, you know. <laughs> right? It's, like, it's, it's the yin and the yang of America. Yeah, capitalism. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, well, Joe Bob, I'm going to kind of start this conversation with the same question that I ask everybody. And, you know, it'll feel like, I mean, for people listening, they're going to know you. But I just, I'm always curious to hear from the, the, the guest's point of view. And that question is, Joe Bob, who are you? Where did you come from? What is your origin story? Uh, well, um, back when I first started reviewing movies, which would be the early 80s, which would at this point be, wow, 40 years ago, um, uh, the movies I was reviewing uh, were considered disposable trash, meaning exploitation movies. Uh, I was working for a, for a newspaper in Dallas, and at that time, no respectable newspaper would review any of the movies I was reviewing. Yeah. They were, uh, you know, um, graveyard tramps. You know? <laughs> they bite, they squeeze, they're ready to please. That was, that was the tagline. That was the tagline on the movie. Uh, Dr. Butcher, M.D., um, which I think I, it, was, it was an Italian movie. I didn't know it was an Italian movie at the time because <laughs> they would disguise those things so well. Um, anyway, um, I started reviewing these movies and so I became known as the uh, purveyor of schlock, uh, even though I, I never thought of it that way. I always thought of it as... Uh, as, um, uh, as the movies that America wants to see. I considered it populist film criticism. So if I had to describe who I am, I am a populist film critic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's really the best way. That was one thing I, I wanted to make sure that I said is I think the thing that, that I've always enjoyed about watching your show is that you are, you, 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 present that you're just a regular guy who likes these movies and wants to share them. You're like the typical, you know, I saw this movie, I need to share it with my friends and you present that, you know, you're just you just have a larger audience to kind of share those great movies with. Have you always kind of like gravitated towards those kind of movies? I put that in quotation fingers. The 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 Well, kind of yes, like, because um you know, I was I was like any kid of 14, 15, 16 years old, sure. you want to see the movies that your mother doesn't want you to see. Yeah. And so I just never grew out of that. I'm still watching <laughs> Still, Still to this day, those are the ones that you want to watch. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, I can appreciate Gandhi right. once. You know, yeah. you know, just don't make me watch it again. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I can appreciate. You know, we but we live in an interesting time because in 2016, a horror film 
won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Yeah. The Shape of Water. Yeah. That would never happen. That, in the previous 80 years, right. the, the, the last film to win, uh, the, the film before that, um, it didn't win Best Picture, but it did win some awards. It was Silence of the Lambs. Sure. And then, and then before that, you have to go all the way back to 1932, um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It may, be, it may have even been earlier than that. Yeah. Um, I think Frederick March got the uh, Academy Award, sure. uh, either the Best Actor or Supporting Actor. I can't remember which. Sure. So um, the Academy has always hated horror. And then suddenly, 2016... There's this sea change, and the general public accepts horror almost as a, as a new genre. You know, right? There's there's drama, there's action, there's comedy, and there's horror. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and people start making horror movies that cost you know eighty million dollars. Mm -hmm. um, those don't really turn out that well usually when they do that. But, right. But, uh, and then they started remaking every Stephen King novel and every Stephen King movie and every Stephen King grocery, grocery list that he ever wrote. <laughs> and um, and uh, pretty soon we're in this horror renaissance where there's a lot of bad horror out there. But, yeah. but it's like um, it's the big budget ones that are bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's like, uh, strangely enough, it's... It's almost like a low budget ensures better horror, yeah. Um, because you're, you you have to come up with something new, some something scary that people haven't seen before, mm -hmm. a new way to scare people. You have to think about it more if yeah. you don't have the money. Right. And so, <laughs> and so, um, and so we we have a lot of horror out there these days, and some of, some of it is good, like. Um, you know, bless his heart, David Gordon Green did the Halloween trilogy. Sure. You know, Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Yeah. And everyone loved Halloween. Yeah. People loved Halloween Kills less. And then people loved Halloween Ends sort of like halfway between Halloween and Halloween Kills. Right. Um, but um, nevertheless, that indicates... That now we have these uh, we have these iconic films mm -hmm. that um, are part of our culture that we're going to remake every five years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's sort of like it's sort of like Broadway. You know, yeah. they're going to do the Music Man every five years, and they're going to do Carousel every five years, and they're going to do the Wiz. Well, the Wiz is still running, sure. but after it stops running. <laughs> <laughs> they'll start doing it every five years, you know. It's, 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 the, so, it's the revival with the newest, biggest pop star, like in the in the lead. Same thing, kind of with the the revival of the horror movies. It's like, what's what star yeah. can we cram into this role? I mean, some of those Stephen King titles are going around for their third time. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, you know, um, I, I think that we're in we're in an era where a lot of people now. Embrace horror, and the difference between today and when I first started reviewing horror movies and exploitation movies in general is that you have a lot of uh, 
females who love them. Yeah. Whereas it was a it was a mostly male world. Right. Horror, especially uh, when I first started uh, reviewing the, the things, and and um, you know, every year there's more and more women who are who are into horror, yeah. and um, uh, and that's a good thing. It means you know. It's, it's one thing it means is they're not the only people paying for the movie tickets anymore. Exactly. It, it, the men aren't. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> the men aren't choosing the movie as part of that. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I think it's, it's cool to kind of see that too, because then like not only are, are the audiences becoming more, you know, women oriented, but also like the, the horror filmmakers, they're, they're kind of, kind of more, more horror filmmakers than I remember back when, you know, in the eighties, I know you had a, a, a Lambert who did the, the first pet cemetery, but I don't remember a lot of women filmmakers associated with horror back then. And now it's, you know, I know I feel like, and they didn't want to be associated with horror. You know, it's like they would make one or two, uh, horror films and say I'm never making another horror film the rest of my life of course a lot of men were that the same way yeah um, it, it was considered I'm not going to get pegged as a horror director well today you know you could you could uh, you know guys like Joss Whedon mm-hmm. get pegged as a horror guy <laughs> you know you can make hundreds of millions of dollars right? so it's not so it's not so um uh it's not so bad anymore to be associated with that genre. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and also there's a lot of like serious, very serious filmmakers who, um, gravitate towards it just because so much good work is being done, yeah. uh, in the, in the horror genre. And just because it's, people are realizing how versatile it is because what's a horror film really? Yeah. It can be, it can be an action film that's that's that we call horror. It can be a thriller that we call horror. It can be, it can be many different things. It can just be an out and out gross out film. That's definitely a horror film, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but there, there, you know, horror is sort of like it's it's every other genre, but with, but with. Lot, but but in a disgusting way, yeah. or or in, or in a in a in a bloody way, or in a violent way. Yeah. Um, but it can include every other kind of kind of genre, except perhaps the Hallmark movie. <laughs> has, has, there, has there even been a Hallmark? I, I got to research that. Has there ever been a Hallmark horror movie? I feel like, like they would do well if they, if they tried to make October. <laughs> Hallmark horror movie. Uh, Christmas surprise in Salem. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. It blends everything that Hallmark does so well. <laughs> um, I want to kind of talk about your, your roots a little bit because I, I saw that you were a, a sports writer originally. And I, I wonder, like, was that, was that a passion for you? Like, right away were you a sports guy and are you are you still a sports guy or is it something that you were just you know you wanted to write that was something where you found the opportunity and then uh as you kind of broke through you were able to to do more of the the movies which you enjoyed yeah clearly more well i started as a sports writer when i was 13 years old sure. so 
I don't know how much of a sports guy you can be when you're 30. You're, you're still, you're, you're just out of little league. Yeah. When, <laughs> you know, but, um, um, at the time newspapers hired, uh, apprentice copy boys, yeah. which was a misnomer because everybody who worked at the paper, apprentice or not, 13 years old or not, was expected to come down there and write articles all day long. Yeah. And so, I, I started out when I was 13 years old writing 10 articles a day for the Arkansas Democrat in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Sure. And um, I would go before school and after school. And uh, so uh, that was my that was my training. And then I went to Vanderbilt University on a on a sports writing scholarship. It's the, it's the only sports writing scholarship. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and uh, so, I I, um, I, as, I I I started to get bored with it after going through the seasons about the third time. Yeah. You know, I'd covered baseball, I'd covered golf, I'd covered football, college football. You know, I'd like everything. All the all the stories start sounding the same to me. You you sure. you're interviewing the same people. You're sort of telling the same story over and over again. Now, the hardcore sports writers and the hardcore sports fans would not agree with me. They would, they would um, and also, sports was becoming very statistics oriented. Yeah. Uh, when I when I started, it was, um, it was a it was a field for writers. Boy, if you could write, it was you can you could show off in sports writing. Yeah. It increasingly became. Um, you know, arguments over on base percentage and stuff like that. Right. And so, and so, um, uh, the guy who won the uh, scholarship at, at Vanderbilt the year before me is a guy named Skip Bayless. Um, yeah. He makes he makes five million a year at, at Fox Sports wow. because yeah. he, because he because he's totally a statistics kind of guy and, and an argumentative sure. sports sports nut. You know, um, but no, I got out of sports um, uh, pretty early in the game. I wanted to write about other things and do other things in journal. I was a journalist. And uh, so um, I continued to be interested in sports. But once you once you. Uh, um, I, you know, the other, the other thing about it is. You're talking to a lot of coaches yeah. who are angry, right? Because they lost the game, yeah. And th- and there were there were coaches that just terrified me. It's like, and I I had played basketball. I'd been around, you know, junior high and high school coaches, but these these guys at the college level and the pro level, they just terrified me. They yeah. could get so angry, and they hated the press. They hated the media. Yeah. So they didn't even like you being there asking them questions, and it was like it was not a it was not a pleasant job. And at the end of the day, what do you have? You know, what do you have? You have like a post mortem on a game that everyone will forget by next week. Right. So, so it didn't seem like it didn't seem like a serious kind of pursuit to me. Of course, like what am I doing now? Exploitation films. You know, I'm talking about a serious pursuit. Anyway. Um, I eventually got into um, uh, different kinds of reporting and different kinds of writing, feature writing, investigative reporting, and ended up in the in the entertainment section 
simply because I liked I liked the work there so much, yeah. and um, and uh, I especially liked. At, at first, I didn't like being a film critic because I was having to review all the mainstream stuff that came out. Sure. But then, when I discovered the movies at the drive-in, and that nobody else was reviewing them, it's yeah. like, oh, that's where I'm going to live. Yeah. I'm just going to live there. <laughs> and so uh, that's how it all that's how it all started in the early '80s. Was there one movie that really kind of like? tip the scales for you that you were like this is i want to write about this and this is why i want to you know move into the 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 movie writing world it it was (laughs) it was anthropophagus (laughs) which was which was uh it was an italian film in america it was called uh the grim reaper yeah and it was at the gemini drive-in in dallas texas and um, I remember, and it was it was about can, a cannibalistic killer, cannib- uh, uh, um, gross looking cannibal yeah. on a on a deserted Greek island. And um, and once again, I didn't know it was Italian. Sure. They, they they fake all the names and they dub it. <laughs> you know something's wrong with the dialogue because right. of the dub, the bad dubbing. <laughs> But you don't really say, "Oh, it must be an Italian film." Yeah. Not in a, not in 1982, anyway. Right. So, so um, I was like, "The world should know about this. The world should know this exists." Yeah. <laughs> and so I started doing a column called "Joe Bob Goes to the Drive-In," which we buried in the back pages of the Friday paper because I had a feeling that if the editor knew it was there, it wouldn't last very long. Sure. And but one thing that people don't know about newspaper editors, they don't read their own paper. Yeah, they look at the front page, they look at the front sports page, and that's it. Yeah. And so, um, so, so we buried this column. Joe Bob goes to the drive-in, and after about eight weeks, it was popping along, getting a lot of fan mail, and it was too popular to kill. Yeah. And so, by the time the editors saw it, you know, it was too late. You know, <laughs> so um, so anyway, um, th- that's how I started writing about exploitation films at a time when nobody wrote, nobody reviewed them, nobody they they were considered pornography. Yeah. Um, so even though they were just R rated, they weren't X rated; they were R rated. Yeah, yeah. Does it ever? Because you know, Anthropophagus is a movie that I come to came to know because of you and I, I always wonder is there do you ever take like this not necessarily like egotistical sense of joy but do you ever get this kind of sense of pride that you're kind of like a uh, a gateway drug for people into the world of horror and exploitation films like is there just the sense of like you know I'm, I'm happy that I'm in the spot that I'm in so that I can share these things uh, great or terrible uh, with all of these people um, yeah, I mean, I like being the guy that people steal from, yeah. as opposed to being the guy that has to steal from other people. Sure. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of the things that I invented, you know, uh, phrases and, and, uh, different ways of looking at movies and everything have been appropriated by the, by the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And so, um... And so, uh, 
And so, yeah, that makes me uh, that makes me feel good. I'm glad that Sven Gulli still has a show. Yeah. Because he's older than me, and so and so once once Finn Gulli is gone, I'll be the oldest guy. You know, or there, there may be one other guy. There's Count Count Gore uh, Count Gore Duvall in Baltimore is a is a movie host, and um, he may be a little bit. Uh, I think he started in the early seventies, actually. So I don't know how old the count is, but. Yeah. I don't want to be the oldest guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just be a guy. <laughs> yeah. I want to be the second, the second oldest, the second most yeah. popular, the second in the ratings. Perfect. You know, if you're second in the ratings, nobody, nobody notices you. Right. You know. <laughs> you you don't have to be afraid of anything. It's all just a nice, yeah. safe, comfy place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk for just a minute before we kind of wrap things up here uh, about your your show that you're bringing to Sioux Falls. How Redneck Saved Hollywood. What what can we kind of expect i don't want you to of course give everything away but but what can we expect from your your show because i am i am so excited to get a chance to see this oh you it's mind expanding your head's gonna explode you're gonna you're you're gonna learn you're gonna learn things you never know that you never knew that you needed to know (laughs) (laughs) and and it's and, and it's all and it all starts with redneck movies which go back to redneck history sure. um and um so it's a combination of it's it's this fast movie there's 250 clips and stills in two hours yeah so obviously obviously <laughs> we're not dwelling that long on any one movie but but um uh it's uh uh you will learn the identity of the first redneck in history and it all flows from there and it leads and it leads to um a a a climactic movie that is the greatest movie in the history of the world and i won't i won't reveal it in this interview but um but i'll tell you why it's the greatest movie in the history of the world yeah and and uh, on the way, we'll pass through many um, genres, subgenres, uh, uh, notable celebrities, and um, uh, things. You know, when you, you can't talk about rednecks without talking about whiskey. Yeah, and you can't talk about rednecks without talking about cars, <laughs> and you can't talk about rednecks without talking about car racing, and so. All of these, all of these, and you can't talk about rednecks without talking about shotguns and 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 uh, and um, oversexed women. So all of these things are, are are incorporated into the narrative, which is which is seamlessly exciting. I, I am I am so thrilled. Like I am I am so excited. Uh, this is just going to be so much fun. Uh, it'll be at the Sioux Falls State Theater on November twelfth at eight p.m. There are a few tickets still available. If you're listening to this this week, you you've got a chance. But they are they are going quickly, and it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, Joe Bob, before I let this you is go, probably this is probably my last time around the country with this show. I've done it. 
uh, in almost every state except South Dakota. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but I'm probably going to retire the show after this year, so <laughs> this is probably the last time to see it. Gosh, we are like we are we're super lucky to to get a chance to kind of see it before you you put the show to bed. Um, I want to ask. I, I do a thing on this show that I like to call the Fat Five. They're five kind yeah. of like rapid fire ish questions that are just kind of a general gauge in movies. Would would you be willing to take the Fat Five? Sure. Oh, awesome. All sure. right. So question number one then, and then I'll, I'll go, I'm going to alter this one a little bit for you. What is your favorite non-horror movie of all time? The Hustler. Oh, great movie. Paul Newman. Jackie Gleason, Paul Newman. Yeah. George C. Scott. Yeah. Awesome. Great choice. Uh, Probably the greatest film noir. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have yeah. to add that to my, my November watch list. Um, question two. It's also one of the few movies that was shot in, um, was sh- uh, shot in um, widescreen cinerama, but in black and white. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a gorgeous, gorgeous movie, though. Yeah. Like that. Uh, question two is a two-parter. The first part, who is your favorite actor, your favorite male performer? Burt Reynolds. Oh, great choice. Great choice. <laughs> Uh, the second part of that then is who is your favorite actress, your favorite female performer? Wow! Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> <laughs> I've, over the years, I've named so many scream queens. You know, I would have to say Marilyn Burns, the yes. star of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, yes. Uh, I I just had a conversation with my friend because I saw uh, Eaten Alive for the first time, uh, and yeah. I watched that, and I was like, what What did Marilyn Burns do to Toby Hooper to make, like, those two movies back-to-back where she just ends so broken and disheveled? Uh, like, what What happened that he, he made her... Oh, yeah, she gets beat up. She gets yeah. beat up when she works, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah great choice. Uh, the next question, question three, um, what is a... We'll just, we'll kind of alter this one a little bit, too. Who is one of your favorite director's films, like, or, or favorite directors to watch? Um, I, I would have to say Martin Scorsese. There's nothing he does that I don't find interesting, even though he works in every genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of dips his toe all over the place. He's just, he's, he's uh, uh, an icon. He's uh, just an ultimate American director. Yeah. Uh, question four, is there a movie that has yet to come out that you are uh, excited to get a chance to see or one that you've missed that you're looking forward to watching? I'm looking forward to watching Terrifier 2. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason is I never watched Terrifier 1. Sure. But people are so crazy about Terrifier 2 that now I need to go back and watch <laughs> Terrifier 1. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was funny because you were talking about the awards earlier. And uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Bloody Disgusting announced that they are doing an Oscar campaign for Terrifier 2. Mostly tongue-in-cheek. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but it would be it would be a lot of fun to see like a makeup or visual effects uh, go to what Terrifier 2 is doing. Yeah. A ton of fun. No chance in hell. No. Not go a, ahead. Not a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last question, Joe Bob. Uh, the name of this show is Let's Taco About. Uh, I usually rate my movies with a taco scale. So if you were to craft for me your perfect taco uh what would you make how would you make that taco 
What would be inside the taco? Yeah. Um. Well, uh, steak. Sure. Um. Bell peppers. Ooh, yum. Um. Uh, lots of jalapenos. Uh, hot sauce. And, um, maybe a little sour cream. Sure. Are you a corn <laughs> tortilla or a flour tortilla guy, or does it matter? I am a flour tortilla guy. Awesome. Awesome. Ah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, What's the best Mexican restaurant in Sioux Falls? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Listen, I gotta tell you, there's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of rough. <laughs> there are two places that I love. There's a place called Gilberto's. It's kind of okay. uh, It's a late night taco shop. Like they're open 24 hours. Uh, really, really good. Um, and then there's uh, a a uh, uh, restaurant called Jackie's, which is another kind of uh, 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 Honduran food place, and it is just. Or Honduran. Guatemalan. Beer. Okay. Yeah, and it's delicious. Uh, so Sounds are, very artisanal. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not as fancy as it sounds, <laughs> but it's delicious. So I'm a, I'm a big Okay. Fan. Uh, Jackie's and Gilberto's. All right, yes. I got those. I'm right, I'm right taking notes. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Bob, this has just been, uh, I, I, like I said at the beginning, this is, this is kind of a dream come true for me. So I am so, so appreciative of of you uh, sitting down and having a chat with me. Uh, is there anything other than the show playing in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, on November 12th at 8 p.m.? Is there anything else that you would like to promote your social media presence or anything like that? Um, no, I mean, we have, I mean, if, if, you, if you haven't subscribed to Shudder to, to watch my show, The Last Drive-In, yeah. uh, we, have a, we have a big Christmas special coming up in uh, December, and then the season, will, uh, our, our fifth season will start in uh, April. Yes. So, um, yes. so uh, you know, you can, you know, you can subscribe to it and then uh, watch the show and then cancel <laughs> yeah. before they start charging you. So that's, that's a trick you would know in Sioux Falls because you're all credit card experts. But, uh... <laughs> you, got it. you have to call in on that sixth day. Otherwise, <laughs> right. Sioux Falls credit cards are ready to bill you. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but that, actually, no, I have 120 episodes already up on Shutter. Yeah. So if you want to check out the show, that's the way to do it. So, so great. So much fun to watch. Uh, again, thank you so, so much. This has been an absolute blast for me, and I cannot wait to see you uh, next All Saturday, right. November 12th. Once again, a massive, huge thank you. Uh, to Joe Bob Briggs for for doing this episode, uh, you know it's it's always so funny because it's like you <laughs> you want to be able to get as much uh, into your conversation as possible, but there's always going to be something that you leave out. And like I just I, I just remember you know watch, watching Monster Vision growing up, uh, you know flipping on TNT and kind of seeing it, and then kind of the resurgence of uh, of Joe Bob on Shutter, and just like there are figures in your life that are kind of like 
you know, people you look up to and, and admire for whatever reason. And, uh, as a, an appreciator of the genre, uh, Joe Bob is just, uh, at the top of the list. And then to kind of find out like just how, how kind and easy to talk to he is, it just made everything, uh, all the, all the better. So, uh, a huge thank you to Joe Bob Briggs for doing this interview. Um, and please, if there are tickets still available, as of right now, as of the recording of this, there are still seats available. You will not want to miss this. Uh, How Rednecks Saved Hollywood at the Sioux Falls State Theater, 8 p.m. Saturday, November 12th. It will be one. It'll it'll be a mind-blowing show. Your brain will explode. Uh, Joe Bob said so himself. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you're kind of feeling that that high that I am. Uh, just just awesome to, to get to get to chat with Joe Bob and get to hear his, uh, you know, thoughts on, on the world of movies. Uh, please follow all things fat dude digs flicks. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, letterboxd, YouTube, and yes, even TikTok. You can find me there. Just do a search for fat dude digs flicks across your social media. Uh, and you'll find me there. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, Share this podcast. Rate and review this podcast. Um, I love doing this show. Uh, I'm going to do it no matter what. But I always want more listeners. Like, who doesn't? Who doesn't want more listeners? Uh, the best way to get us out there to more listeners is to share this with your friends. Um, or if you have Apple Podcasts or uh, uh, Spotify, leave a rating. Leave a review. Let me know what, what you think about the show and what we can do to make it better. Um, but yeah, share this podcast with your movie loving friends. If you do subscribe to this podcast, not only do you get let's talk about, but you also get the criterion break where I am joined by Blake Genethan and Derek Vierink. And we discuss our love for the criterion collection proper and the criterion channel. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to shoot an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. Also, recommendations. If you if you would like to recommend a movie to watch, if you would like to be a guest on the show, or, yeah, I'll throw it out there, if you'd like to donate something to the show to kind of offset the cost of uh, the various resources that we use here to bring these shows to you, uh, please feel free to do so with digsflicks at gmail.com. Do I have anything else? Is that it? I think that's it. Uh, so we'll be back here again next week, uh, with another awesome guest. We're kind of kicking off like a two week in a row, uh, Thanksgiving special. Uh, I'll be joined by Anthony Hookman to discuss Son-in-Law, the great Polly Shore film. Uh, and then Anthony will come back to join us for the Criterion break. So you've got, you're going to get your fill of Anthony here over the next couple weeks, which He's awesome. Like he's just an awesome guest. We had a great chat uh, about son-in-law. So uh, I look forward to you guys getting to hear that. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Come on back here next week. Same fat time, same fat channel. And let's talk about 
movies. Thanks. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.